Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Dear listeners, and welcome to Guys with Bibles. I'm Lee. And I'm Sean. We are missing Scott tonight because he is having tremendous technological issues. Um, so he wasn't able to join us because he could not physically record. <laughs> I'm I, he could not he could not technologically record. I'm honestly surprised the man can tie his shoes. So Yeah. <laughs> No, I love you, Scott. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hopefully the computer starts working and uh, he'll be back soon. But um, we are going to soldier on, uh, and we're we're back to our our segment platform. I really enjoyed that episode, and uh, I think that's going to be a, a cool thing going forward. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I'm just spitballing here, but we need like bumper music in between the segments or something. Maybe we need to call on Hazakim again. <laughs> or or maybe we can already use the music we... Just like that. Maybe. We'll see. Sweet flows. We'll okay, well... Okay. What are we doing first here? Let's read a chapter of the 1689. Oh. It's a little long. Um, there, may be, there may be a couple points maybe we want to bring out. Can we do sections maybe one through five and then just skip straight to eight maybe? Okay. Uh, Would you like to read or do you want me to read? Uh, I can read it. The light of nature shows that there is a God who hath lordship and sovereignty over all, is just, good, and doth good to all, and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served with all the heart and all the soul and with all the might. But the acceptable way of worshiping the true God is instituted by himself and so limited by his own revealed will that he may not be worshiped according to the imagination and devices of men, nor the suggestions of Satan under any visible representations or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scriptures. Religious worship is to be given to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and to him alone not to angels, saints, or any other creatures, and since the fall not without any mediator, nor in the mediation of any other but Christ alone. Prayer with thanksgiving, being one part of natural worship, is by God required of all men. But that it may be accepted, it is to be made in the name of the Son, 
by the help of the Spirit, according to His will, with understanding, reverence, humility, fervency, faith, love, and perseverance, and when with others in a known tongue. Prayer is to be made for things lawful and for all sorts of men living, or that shall live hereafter, but not for the dead, nor for those of whom it may be known that they have sinned the sin unto death. The reading of the scriptures, preaching, and hearing of the word, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord, as also the administration of baptism and the Lord's Supper are all parts of religious worship of God to be performed in obedience to Him with understanding, faith, reverence, and godly fear. Moreover, solemn humiliation with fastings and thanksgivings upon special occasions ought to be used in any holy and religious manner. Skipping to paragraph 8. The Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord when men, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering their common affairs aforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreations, but also are taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. I think this is an an important chapter because we have a history of worship wars, uh, especially in the U.S., where people are constantly fighting about what we do at church. Oh, you know, uh, we're tired of we're tired of hymns. We're not. We're only going to do contemporary music. Um, people use fog machines and lasers and and spotlights and stuff all through the church, and people get mad about that. And you know, what's what's the basis for what we're supposed to do? And you know, according to the 1689, and really any any uh, reformed community, it, it's the the regulative principle mm-hmm. where worship is regulated in Scripture by what God has prescribed. So God has a certain way in which he He um, prefers to be worshipped, and he's made that clear in his revelation. He made it clear in the Old Testament under the sacrificial system, and he made it clear in the New Testament once that was uh, that system was fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Christ. And this chapter does a really good job in laying out what we would call the ordinary means of grace, because that's that's the heart of corporate worship is the administration of the whole the uh, ordinary means of grace, which would be like it says in, in uh, section five, they're reading the scripture, preaching and hearing the word of God, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So, like when we sing, we're not just you know killing time and listening to pretty music. We're teaching and encouraging each other through the use of singing those songs together. So we're, we're, building, we're building each other up at that point and being built up in grace, even in singing uh, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I think, um, I think when hymns are being sung where there's you know, theological depth and you're not singing you know, the same three words over and over again— um, as in a lot of contemporary music, that's that's when the kids get the most out, I think, because they, oh, yes. especially my kids, both my kids like to sing, and they, they're obviously they're too little to be able to read the lyrics and the hymnal, but they can they can follow along, you know, by listening, and that's when 
they learn the most because, you know, they kind of zone out during the sermon. They're five and seven. So they might pick up a little bit, but when those songs are playing and they're singing along and it's theologically rich and correct, the hymns, that's when they really uh, pick up on stuff. And so I'm glad that we go to a church that sings good hymns that are theologically rich. Right, right. You know, mu- music kind of like is the key to unlock the brain. You know, if there's something, uh, there, you know, there's a reason we have like, you know, nursery rhymes or or educational things are sometimes set to music because, you know, music just kind of implants itself in our heads. And when we can, when we can put solid teaching in not only encouraging words, but also true, true words about God and who he is and what he's done, set that to music that's going to kind of lay in our brains, you know, forever. Right. Uh, that's a good, that's a good thing. I love that. Uh, sometimes uh, the singing at church is, is sometimes my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Although preaching, the sermon's always usually my favorite part, but I really love um, the corporate singing, especially with good good hymns or with psalms set to a good melody. Yeah, too. that's always really cool. I really, I really get a lot out of that. That's why I'm so excited because, like, as we record this this upcoming Sunday, and actually, this might actually, I might actually set this to um, to go out this Sunday is Reformation Sunday and yeah. we're, we're we're going to sing a mighty fortress is our god which is one of my favorite uh hymns the most metal of the hymns so, uh, it's so metal like that <laughs> that is probably the the most metal uh melody you you ever hear in in hymnody but it's so it's so powerful um it's message of god's sovereignty and power um it's very very affecting um, but then another, another aspect of this too, um, and the, that's the reason I wanted to, to read paragraph eight is about what we would call Sabbatarianism. So I don't know, I, what, what are your, what are your opinions about how to keep the, the Christian Sabbath, the Lord's day holy? What does that entail? Um, well, I've never been a strict Sabbatarian, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that that is the better route to go. Um, yeah, I really want to be strictly, <laughs> but my work schedule and I, I can't quit my job and not be able to pay my bills so I can be a strict Sabbatarian. So, mm-hmm. um, that just, it, it doesn't work sometimes, but I've always looked at the Sabbath as, in Christ. So your rest is in Christ. Christ Mm -hmm. is our Sabbath. So I I have a different, different idea of it than Sunday is a day that you shouldn't do anything ever. And if you do, it's wrong. (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) you know, you you can't turn the lights on like, you know, it it would be like a Jewish Sabbath at that point where, you know, oh, you you can't even switch the lights on or take a drive, you know, because that would be work. But I like I and I, you know. But it should be a people, day, and and I do this. We do this at church a lot. We we have a potluck every other 
Sunday, so we spend a lot of time together after worship, and mm-hmm. we, we get to church at like nine between nine and nine thirty in the morning for Sunday school, and me and the kids don't come back home till going on three o'clock sometimes in the afternoon. Sure. So we spend basically half the day in fellowship what what would come to a work day basically yeah in fellowship so it's yeah and so refreshing yeah there's no tv you know there there it's just you and your church family talking and eating together and it's it's a good time and and that is probably sometimes they're a little bit of it's kind of hectic you know running around and everything but that is probably the day that I look forward to the most and the most rest that I get is on that day in many different aspects, but I really enjoy Sunday. I do too. And, uh, you know, I think a, a big part of, of, you know, you called it about strict Sabbatarianism. Uh, and I think where that comes in, in this chapter eight, and this is, this is one of the things I strive for, on the Lord's day where it says uh, ordering their common affairs aforehand to not only observe holy rest on that day from their own works, words and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreations, but are taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. So uh, it's about putting away the chores and errands that you would do on a normal day. So, I mean, even if you have to work on a Sunday, I get that. And I would, I would actually, I would call that a, a work of, of necessity um, right? Where, where it says at the end. So if you're scheduled to work on a Sunday, you're not sinning. You know, you're providing for your family. You're making ends meet. You're, you're earning money to be able to give to the church. That's a good thing. But it's, it's more about, I think it's more about the frame of mind where, you know, we take our work week and we should take our Saturdays and get our chores done. Get right. the things done that need to be done. You know, if you need to run to the bank, you know, you need to make your deposits, you need to go to the grocery store. And frankly, um, you know, if you got a bunch of banking or stuff like that you need to do, you can't do that on Sunday because basically I think all banks are, you know, a lot of things are done or closed on Sunday. So Mm -hmm. that that is. And it, it you're clearing you're clearing out distractions at that point, you know. You've mowed the yard. You mowed the yard yesterday, you know, and unless that's really restful to you and helps you focus, um, but it's it's about laying aside, like it's, I, I like that it calls it common affairs because we can clear those things off of our list and that on Sunday, our only to-do list is going to be go to church, pray, read the Bible, uh, take a nap, and just rest and recharge, you know, it's it's a great really a great privilege to be able to do that that we've been called to do that and i think it's something that i, I personally feel i need to take more seriously um because i'm i'm so wiped out m- most of the time that uh a day of rest is a is a complete and utter necessity and of course yeah. you know for me in my line of work i'm on call 24/7 so um but even on a sunday even if i do get called into work i can still maximize that time by having done away with my 
checklists and my to-do lists and my chores so I can focus all my attention strictly on on God and on reflecting on his mercy and reading and taking extra time to pray. Um, it's just, it's just very refreshing. Right. No, I totally agree. Um, growing up Catholic, it was, it was strange because we, we always, uh, almost always went to mass on Saturday night. So, uh, Saturday evening and that, that counted as your, your Sunday worship that, that it was like a, like a, a, the evening precursor to Sunday worship. It was the exact same mass. And so we would, we would, this is awful. And Catholics do it all the time. A lot of Catholic churches do this. You, you go Saturday night to get it out of the way so you can, you know, do whatever you want on Sunday. And that, that's just not. Well, you've got to go get your infusion of grace, get your little bit of merit, yeah, it's, it's, and then move on. It's not a, yeah, it's not about the focus is off the worship of God and what you have. The focus is on what you have to get to be in the clear, <laughs> and right. it, and it's it's just it, I don't know, it, but. It's so wrongheaded. The view, the view of Sabbath in in a, in the Roman Catholic Church is completely different from Protestant churches, and the view of Sabbath within the Protestant circles are completely different as well. So, I think we beat cool. that well, dead horse, though. Eighteen minutes later, <laughs> um, we'll move on to our next segment. This I think this will go pretty pretty quickly. Um, there's been a lot of talk in the Christian world recently about a certain rapper in his latest project, <clears throat> none other than Kanye West. Yeah. So really since, what was it? I think it was at the Coachella Festival last year or two years ago. <clears throat> so that's a weekend music festival. And Kanye played what he called a Sunday service on the Sunday morning of, of Coachella. I think it was 2017 or 2018. And he had this big old choir, and they were singing all of these, like, gospel-y songs, and, and, and he was kind of doing some freestyle raps in there, and everybody's like, what in the world is Kanye doing? What is going on with this? Um, and then it kind of died off, and he, he released another album, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, and things, things moved on. Well, this year... There's been all these videos going around of these Sunday services, and he's been going around the country putting on these concerts with, like, you know, a 30-piece choir, and they're singing these original songs talking all about Jesus and the blood and the cross and all this kind of stuff. And, and these crowds are showing up, and they're just, you know, going nuts singing these songs. And they're not even, they're not even rap songs. They're like yeah, R&B it's, gospel It's like R&B gospel type stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, you know— are we in the twilight zone? <laughs> and, you know, of, of all the people um, to do it, Kanye West? So then this video came out uh, from one of those. It was from a, a Detroit Sunday service concert he'd put on. And here's this dude, He this pastor comes out uh, to preach a message, which I'm like, I just can't imagine somebody preaching at a Kanye concert. And when I heard there was a guy preaching at a Kanye concert, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Let's watch this so we can tear it yeah. apart later. I, I fired it up for a hate watch. Yeah. <laughs> and, I would, and, and I listened to it, and I got convicted. 
Right. Because you know, he did. He just did a very straight, um, basic gospel presentation um, via exegesis of Isaiah 6, which I'm like, you know, number one, I would never imagine somebody preaching at a rap concert on Isaiah 6. Yeah, let that's, alone that's some heavy stuff, pr- you know. Really heavy stuff. <laughs> and, and, you know, talking about how you're a sinner, you know, and you can't get right with God unless— unless you repent and believe in Jesus Christ, who was, who is the eternal son of God and came as a man, lived a righteous life, died a death that he didn't deserve to die, that we deserve to die. And he did it in our behalf. I'm like, Oh my goodness, dude, did I just get saved again? I don't even think that's possible. And I'm like, man, this, this is really incredible. And so this guy, his name's Adam Tyson. He's a pastor in California and he just recently has gone on a couple different podcasts telling his story of how he met Kanye. And, um, Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot again, but uh, I know you've listened to at least some of what's gone on. Is is Kanye West our brother in Christ? Um, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. I'm, I, <laughs> I pray that he is. I pray that he's saved. And, um, but... Some of the things that he said, we we talked about this. Uh, what was that quote that he said? Like, I I want nothing but something about a radical. When he first talked to Adam Tyson, and Adam Tyson didn't even know who Kanye West was. Like, he's not necessarily a, a secular rap guy. Um, but he, he came up to him after... Uh, worship service on a Sunday and he'd been there this would have been Kanye's third visit and Adam Tyson said he's like you know nobody visits our church twice because you know I preach the word very heavily he's a he's an exegetical preacher he's a graduate of the master's seminary and he said you know <clears throat> if people come to visit they get they get a picture right off the bat of what what we do here and they don't come back if they don't if if it's not for them Kanye came three times and on the third time uh, he hung back and talked to Adam after the service, and he said, "I just want to let you know, man. I had I I was radically saved five months ago." And so uh, Tyson started having meetings with him, you know, privately, one on one, and they would talk through biblical passages and talk about you know basic Orthodox Christian teachings, and you know he talked he showed like you know what conversion looks like and what it's about. He's like, Kanye, is this what happened to you? He's like, absolutely, that's what happened to me. He's like, why are you why are you going over all this stuff with me? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, because it's my it's my job. And he, I'm paraphrasing Tyson a little bit here, but he said it's my job as a pastor that I need to make sure that people who say they're in the faith, I've got a test to make sure that they understand what they're saying and confirm if they've been redeemed or not. And he really does believe that Kanye is a, a born again Christian. And uh, you know if. If a preacher like, I don't know, Osteen or any of those people that I don't like, um, any of those non-unbiblical preachers would say that Kanye's saved, I I might Mm -hmm. shrug it off, but this guy's solid. Um, He's he's really solid. he's, Um, he's He's a good exegetical preacher. He's a very he's good a pastor. Baptist like us. Um, well, I mean, he's a great guy, though. <laughs> he no. does seem to be a very sweet guy. I've I've listened to him now on two different shows, 
on Wrath and Grace Radio, and then he was recently a guest on uh, Apologia Radio, too. Okay. I talked to Jeff Durbin and um, Luke the Bear. And um, very, he's just like, you know, I didn't ask for any of this. He's like, I didn't want to be a, a star. I don't. I just want to pastor my church and uh, and help build the kingdom. But he said, Kanye seems to have a real passion now to to reach people with the gospel because he says he wanted me to be at every Sunday service uh, after we met. And he said, of course, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I've, I've been called to be the pastor of this church. And he actually convinced Kanye to start doing his Sunday services on Saturdays so that, you know, if he wanted Adam Tyson to be there to preach, then he could do that on Saturday and still be at church to, you know, to, to serve his church on Sunday. Right. And Kanye was happy to do that. It, but he, you know, they kind of had to talk a little bit about his, you know, you're not, Kanye, you're not leading a church here. You know, you're a new believer the church, you know, has a plurality of elders, and, you know, they uh, they administer the means of grace um, in their services. You know, what you're doing is like, kind of like a crusade, like a revival, a revivalistic type, type atmosphere, which is, which is good. But he right. said, you know, and, and they've been, they've, so they've been doing a Bible study, and um, he said that he's gone and preached at more of the Sunday services, but, but actually Kanye's done some devotionals as well. And he's kind of walked him through, you know, what to do and how to do that. But, you know, Kanye has, has done covers of his, of his rap songs there. And there was one, somebody did a side by side comparison of, um, a song where he's like, um, I think it was, was it Jesus walks? I can't remember. It's, yeah. a, it's an older yeah. song of his. Yeah. And he's I like, think... you know, we're in the original. It's like, we're not, we're not here to, to make anybody believe we're not here to make converts or make anybody believe. And then they cut to one of the recent Sunday services, and he says, he raps in the song, we are here to make converts and see people believe. So it, he's even changing the words to his old songs uh, about being on mission. And I'm like, man, you know, it, songs that he's made millions of dollars on, and he's now freestyling lyrics to make them fit a Christian worldview, that, that really says a lot to me. And I'm I'm eager to hear what he what he says in this upcoming album, Jesus is King, and see what it turns out to be. Because even Adam Tyson said the reason it's taken him so long for that album to come out is because he brought all of his lyrics to me, and we met and looked over them to make sure that they were theologically correct. <laughs> well, see, and that that right there to to care that much about before you put this out for people to listen to you want to make sure that it's biblical and correct that right there, that, and, and all the other little things that he's done, it it really, you know, it's starting to look like fruit, you know? Right. Right. And And, and uh, people have gotten really down on, on him because he isn't, you know, he doesn't act the way that we would say a Christian should act, but he's, he's a brand new Christian. Right. And I know for me, fruit did not come along very quickly <laughs> and see you know i'm not a i'm not a air quotes here fruit checker i'm i'm not i'm not one of those people right, um right. I, I you know good works are gonna come along that's gonna happen if mm-hmm. you're a true believer they're just gonna happen you don't have to make faith them happen works is dead yeah if if you have true faith your works are gonna happen they don't always happen right away. Almost never do they. And uh, but just 
how Kanye's reacted to this and and continued on this uh, production of this album. I I think I just saw today where the Jesus is King. Uh, I don't know if it's a documentary or a movie or whatever. It has to do with the album released. Yeah, I think on, it's like it's. Like I think a, it released like a... on YouTube today. Oh, is that right? Okay, I'll have to. Um, I think I saw that on one of my breaks at work. It's like today, a so. tour album or a tour tour like, documentary kind of. Yeah. Thing. So so I saw so it may be that the album's getting ready to drop. I don't know, but if that comes out on vinyl, I'm getting it. Dude, I really hope it does. <laughs> I, I'm I'm encouraged at this point. You know, I don't. I wouldn't want to. Um, I wouldn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit to to say that. You know, if he's doing a genuine work, that I would disbelieve it. Um, I'm seeing a lot of encouraging stuff out of this story, and and you know, I would preface this by saying I'm not, I'm not excited about this just because it's Kanye. You know, I'm always excited to see people believe, um, to make a profession of faith, and to grow in the spirit. But when somebody as high profile of a person as you know a celebrity is, makes a a, a visible um, when their life is visibly changed by God, it's really encouraging yeah. because because that that communicates the gospel in a very interesting way that normal people like you and me would t- would take us a long time to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a following, he has fans, and there's people that really love him and his work. And his you know his work is very personal. You know, he's been very out front about his history. Uh, his life and his struggles and all that kind of stuff. And it really would speak volumes to people for him to give a clear gospel presentation of how he's been saved. And I, I hope he, he will do that in a, in a concerted way. Um, I think that would be, I think that would be helpful. And one just encouraging to all of us, you know, God really can save anybody. Right. Yeah. And even celebrities and we shouldn't look down on them. Right, the the people that are like, oh, it's well, it's Kanye. God can't save Kanye. Right, or it's like, come on. Well, and he, yeah, God can do whatever he wants. He can be glorified in in any way he chooses chooses to be glorified. And if Absolutely. it comes with with uh, radically saving a uh, um a, a platinum album, <laughs> earning a super popular rapper, then to God be the glory. Yeah. Right. Right. He saved me. I'm pretty bad. I was a pretty yeah. bad sinner, so oh, I, was... I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody's better than anybody else just because they're more famous so, or right. worse than anybody else because they're famous. So I'm I'm encouraged, and uh, I'm remembering um, Adam Tyson in my prayers uh, and Kanye too, because it would be awesome for his wife Kim to 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 become a believer and for their kids to be. Um, for for them all to attend a good church together yeah. and and live out the gospel would be would be fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I'd wish it. I'd wish it for anybody. But when you see signs starting, it's hard not to get excited for someone. And it's it's also encouraging to when you do have such a high profile person as this. They have such a good opportunity, and God has such a good opportunity. I guess I should say to use them to to draw people to himself you know all these all these people know who kanye is and 
all these people listen to his music. And I guarantee you, just because it's Kanye West, they're going to go buy this album right. that comes out. And you never know if the if the gospel's in there. Yeah, they're non-Christians who are openly tweeting about an album called Jesus is King. You know, right. It's, it's so, it's so interesting. It's such an interesting time to live in. (laughs) I just hope that people, I don't know how to put this without sounding like a, (laughs) just do it, man. Be real. I just hope that Christianity doesn't become a fad in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, well, I mean, it used to be. Yeah, it I mean, did. That's kind of how we got some of the problems that we deal with in the church today because it was a cool thing to be a Christian in the past. You know, you joined a church, you could join a church without a profession of faith. Yeah, and you, you could had go like there the Jesus, and, and you sell had insurance. The, what was it like the 60s, 70s? You had the mm-hmm. the whole Jesus, Jesus freak movement kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the Jesus people. Yeah, they were like hippies, but they loved Jesus, supposedly. And I'm sure some of them were, were truly. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, they were people that were Hare Krishnas the week before. And you know, so. I think that's where a lot of theological liberalism came into American Christianity. And, you and, know, uh, and maybe this is the last thing I'll say about, about this topic, and then I'll leave it to you before we close. But um, I, I'm not too good to say that if Adam Tyson were of a, of a different theological persuasion or, you know, pastored a megachurch a la, you know, Joel Osteen or Andy Stanley— uh, that I might not have more doubts. But because in God's providence, Kanye ended up visiting uh, a Calvinistic Baptist church, um, I, I kind of trust the investigation into his conversion a little more. Right. And maybe that's some confirmation bias on my side because the guy agrees with me, or I agree with I agree with the guy, but... Um, but I think I think Calvinists take take that stuff really seriously, yeah. Because the megachurch people already kind of are on a quest for fame. <laughs> a lot of them are. I mean, I, I certainly think you know Stephen Furtick is is on that train, um, and and a lot of times those folks are willing to latch on to any uh, any celebrity personality that will p- give them the time of day, like uh, like Hillsong New York, where Bieber supposedly goes to church. Um, oh, with Carl I, I, Lentz. And... Yeah, with Carl Lentz. Well, I mean, he's he's the guy that, that tacitly blesses abortion on national television. Yeah. If Kanye had ended up at that church, I would not be as hopeful as I am now. Because I don't think those people take seriously conversion, sanctification. And frankly, and, I don't and, think and they take God the glory. word of God seriously. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Uh-uh. They don't have a very high view of scripture as um, a lot of other Christian traditions do. You know, Lutherans, um, Anglicans. Um, yeah, the conservative Anglicans. Australian yeah. Anglicans, dude. Those guys are legit. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, Presbyterians, Reformed Baptists, and even, there are even good... Arminian churches that have a high regard for the word of God. Sure. I'm not, and right. It, but these, these, a lot of these mainline churches that you're talking about, they don't. And it's, it's alarming. 
And I think, I think since Kanye's went to the church that he went to, it's, it's so good. It's Mm -hmm. not because it's a reformed Baptist church, but because it's a church that has a high regard for scripture. Mm -hmm. But it's also good. That's a reformed Baptist because that's what I am. (laughs) 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 Well, um, so I think we might end this, uh, episode in a little more a little unorthodox way um i think maybe sean if you can tell them where they can find us i think after you finish that i'll read a section from the valley of vision and we'll just go straight out from there how's that sound i like that i just slammed my valley of vision shut (laughs) all right sean where can they find us all right so you can find us on the internet at guyswithbibles.com you can read our blogs there and Listen to our podcast feed. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or any other podcatching software you listen to. Uh, just search Guys with Bibles. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and just search Guys with Bibles. And you can find us and follow us and get in on the conversation there. And you can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com and uh, any questions or comments or if you hate us whatever uh, just send something we get lonely so (laughs) Uh, yeah but yeah that's our email and take it over Lee awesome all right well this is from the Valley Vision uh, page 378 in the leather uh, edition This is uh, First Day Morning Worship. O Lord, we commune with Thee every day, but weekdays are worldly days, and secular concerns reduce heavenly impressions. We bless Thee, therefore, for the day sacred to our souls, when we can wait upon Thee and be refreshed. We thank Thee for the institutions of religion, by use of which we draw near to Thee and Thou to us. We rejoice in another Lord's Day, when we call off our minds from the cares of the world, and attend upon thee without distraction. Let our retirement be devout, our conversation edifying, our reading pious, our hearing profitable, that our souls may be quickened and elevated. We are going to the house of prayer. Pour upon us the spirit of grace and supplication. We are going to the house of praise. Awaken in us every grateful and cheerful emotion. We are going to the house of instruction. Give testimony to the word preached and glorify it in the hearts of all who hear. May it enlighten the ignorant, awaken the careless, reclaim the wandering, establish the weak, comfort the feeble-minded, make ready a people for their Lord. Be a sanctuary to all who cannot come. Forget not those who never come. And do thou bestow upon us benevolence toward our dependents, forgiveness toward our enemies, peaceableness toward our neighbors, openness toward our fellow Christians. This is Guys with Bibles, and we're out. (laughs) 